And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. So today, we are going to be talking about The Fifth Element. We're going to be reviewing that film. Alex, my co-host, my good friend, is with me today. And we're going to be talking about that film. I can't wait to dive into The Fifth Element. So without further ado, let's dive on into it. Hey, man, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's it's always great to actually have you on here and everything. You're like a big bowl of sunshine that that I just need in my life sometimes. So I, like I do appreciate that. That that means a lot to me. I'm glad I bring that. I bring that light to you. I'm I'm happy that you do that. I that's that's what I try to do. I want you bring out one of the elements within the fifth element of. <laughs> Ooh, I want to. I want to be love, but you know, not that kind of love. Eh? No, love over there. I'm married, John. I am. We're too- both married. <laughs> We're both married. Yeah. Love, but anyway, like, love. But anyways, that's right. We're going to be talking about the Fifth Element. This is actually hands down one of my favorite Bruce Willis movies, and this movie actually had a budget of ninety million and made two hundred sixty-three point nine million dollars at the box office, and it was also the most expensive movie to make at the time in the nineties which is very impressive that they made all their money back with this. And of course this, uh, the director is actually a French director that got, uh, that decided that he wanted to go ahead and make this film. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's incredible. I even like watching it now, like looking back, I can tell most of the budget went to the special effects, but uh, even for today, it still looks pretty good. Like when you give them that, when you give them that time period adjustment, it's, 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 this looks solid. It still does, all except maybe like the very start of it, where you have that big bulky robot um, come walking up. That, that part, I I really liked the that. This the practical effects behind it, right? Big chunky aliens with the big suit. Right. Like, I, that's really cool. They looked awesome to me, and I and I think they, that walk is always adorable. I thought it was comical, though. I thought it was really cool cool to actually see it again. But, you know, just having a 4K television and then seeing that and him doing the walk just made me laugh a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it starts off in 1914. Aliens known as the Mandashans meet their human contact, a priest uh, of a secret order at an ancient Egyptian temple. They take the only weapon capable of defeating a great evil that appears every 5,000 years Promising to protect and return it before the great evil's reemergence. So the opening sequence, I really have to say I really love because of the fact we actually have the tone of what we're going for with the movie itself. And you see the priest, you see his apprentice, and he's telling him about this legend that if they don't go and stop, stop this, Armageddon's going to basically happen. And yeah. so they have to teach this to other apprentices. Other priest, don't you think that just has to suck? It's like, well, I'm going to prepare you for this, and then I'm going to die. Then it's up to you to carry on that legacy. Just and then if they, they show up, exactly, because you never know when it's when it's going to show up. Yeah, I was always picturing like how trippy that must have been from because like they're priest of what are they Catholic or, or whatever whatever religion the priest is supposed to be part of, but then also of this secret organization within the religion whatever religion they're from but I, I, that, that was a cool little bit about that movie i 
was a little confused as like why they were taking the stones. Like, or, what, what did he say again? That the stones aren't safe there? Yeah, they said they weren't safe there because somebody else could probably use them for a greater evil. Mm. You know, or they could just stop, probably just steal them and without having. My, my philosophy was this maybe somebody would take them. Yeah. And not know what those stones are or what they represent, and they would sell them or something to yeah. the point where they couldn't even stop Armageddon from happening. This, right. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. All right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I was just like, wait, if you're going to take it just to bring it back, because you know the evil's going to come here, just why not just leave it there behind <laughs> the closed wall? Like no one else was finding it anytime soon. Well, I guess those dudes were about to. But they yeah, weren't they able. Were. To, they they weren't able to open the door really. No, they were too bulky to even open the doors and everything. Because mm-hmm. we actually see where the where basically we see the robot basically shut the um, you know, remember that one part where they basically winds up the door winds up sliding up, and then of course his arm gets stuck. That made me sad. I'm like, no, hurry, hurry, Turtle Man, just <laughs> get through. Again, just just this little finger key made it through. I'm like, how did? What do you think he did after that in that room? Just do you think he just was like, ah, damn, my finger? And yeah, just, I think that's how it normally would play out. I think it's like, damn, my my finger and my arm, I just can't get it out. And uh, I'm just wondering, like, whenever they when Bruce Willis and them go back over there, did he's they not see there the anymore? Yeah, did they? <laughs> There's no. Oh, I was wondering that, like, like I know I'm pretty sure that the arm, the the big armor, like, is not his true body. So, like, wouldn't the armor still be there? Like, or maybe I missed. Sure. Maybe I missed it. I don't remember seeing remains. Granted, there was no it's... remains at all from that robot or anything, which I thought was hilarious though too, because I was expecting him. Hey, look, there's the key I lost back in the day when I was trying to warn people, and now the fifth element's about to happen. Here it comes. Like, I'm, the fifth element. Element. <laughs> but yeah, the weapon actually consists of uh, classical elements as four engraved stones plus a basic containing a fifth element, a scarious uh, containing a fifth element. And then we flash into 2263, the great evil appears in deep space as a giant living fireball and destroys an armed Earth spaceship as it heads to Earth. Now, this scene I thought was actually pretty neat to, to see because it's actually – I'm just going to say this. Debo is is actually in the same movie as Chris Tucker, so I'm going to say this is actually a shared universe within Friday. <laughs> this is <laughs> the future of Friday. Smokey is a descendant of Ruby. Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> this canon. Either that or Debo got smacked so hard with that brick that this is actually him in a coma. And he's picturing himself as a president. president. Debo would be a good president. <laughs> president Debo, the great evil's coming. What evil? You're talking <laughs> and it's about just that? gone. <laughs> My grandmama gave me that evil. <laughs> Where's your chain at? <laughs> but yeah, I could just see that though, man. Like, But still, I thought it was actually pretty neat where he's actually just trying to do his job as a president. And, you know, then the priest comes in and he goes, does anybody have any other solutions to this? And then the priest is like, I do. And you can, you go, oh, he's like, okay, you got five minutes. I'm like, you don't think the priest has a better solution than your soldier that's about to get killed? 
And he's trying to warn him, look, dude, there's actually something out there that's actually going to kill you and also put us in harm's way with with this whole entire deal with Armageddon. We don't need to be doing that. Yeah. And basically what winds up happening is he goes, well, what should we do? Well, you're fighting evil with evil. So, you know, if I were you, I wouldn't fight evil with evil. I would back away from it. It's like just for now, like post up real quick. I was like, I, I like that part. You know, my only issue with the the great evil is it it gives you like surface level, like what it is. Like, oh, it's it's evil. It's going to destroy the planet. But it's like beyond that, you don't really know. Like, like the closest we get to like knowing more about it is when it calls a uh, Zorg, and yeah, you can hear but- its voice. I thought that was really cool and. I just kind of I, for, from this movie that uh, that would be my only complaint for this movie is I wanted more backstory on what exactly the evil is. Like, is it an entity? Is it just a planet? A, is it just or, is it literally just evil? Like, like the concept of evil in living form somehow, like a little, little bit, a little bit on that. That's all, that's like the little small minor gripe I have with it as well. It's like no backstory into the greater evil. If you're trying to do this, you might want to go ahead and give us some backstory with that. But then again, I was actually thinking like the sins of our own people and the war that we carry. Because don't forget, Lelu actually goes through the whole entire catalog and learns everything that our country has done. And I'm thinking that this evil is actually picking up the sins of what we've done. And that evil is just amplifying it through. But that's just me going a little deep on it. That would, that, that actually sounds really cool. I like that idea that it, it it's drawn to messed up sin. So when the fifth element actually does like destroy it, doesn't really destroy it. It just sends it off somewhere else. Right, which is what so the Superman more you did. Sin, the like, more you attract it. That's cool. exactly, exactly because that's the only solution I could think of when I was thinking of that. I'm like, this thing has to be amplified by some kind of sin, sins of the world, sins of what our people do with war, yeah. and the implications behind it. So I was just thinking, okay, well, this is basically sin, and this is our sins that we carry with it, and it's we're doomed to actually repeat what we do, which is why a couple of years later they have to fight it. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking. I like that theory. Thank you. I hope it catches on. I hope it does too. I'm going to make a video of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that's actually the perfect way to go about it. And then you see the general, he's like, well, we're going to shoot some rockets at it. So they shoot the rockets at it and it just absorbs the rockets, uh, the torpedoes to the point where they just basically just explode. And then after that, he really he look on his face is so horrified. He's like, oh shit, I really fucked up this time. Because then you see this skull that just comes out of this planet. And this looks like the most heavy metal planet that you would actually see. Because I was like, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe Slipknot's playing there. Maybe I might want to be in that planet, you know, where you had that giant skull just come out come at you. Yeah. So I'm like. You know, yeah, I, but I thought that was the skull actually needed to show us that it's actually sin. That 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 makes me think it's a it's a sentient being because it's just like you know, it'd be really cool, not just a fireball, a fireball that looks like a skull. That'd be <laughs> hardcore. I'm gonna kill him with that. 
I was like, oh, it's doing that for drama. It didn't need yeah, to do that. For effect. That's all it was doing. But yeah, then, uh, like I said, then after that winds up having the Mondashan's current human contact on Earth, priest Vito Cornelius informs the president of the Federal ter- Territories of the Great Evil's history and of the weapon that can stop it. And this is also when we have uh, this is actually one of my favorite things, though, is the opening sequence after that, where we have Corbin da- Dallas waking up and you see where he's actually trying to quit smoking. You see um, the the apartment is like very tiny to the point where it actually feels like a U.S. Army, uh, U.S. Navy ship in a sense because how small and compact it is. And then you also uh, then another thing that I really liked is it shows a lot in depth with with the, who the character is, mm-hmm. especially when Finger calls him, and he's going through looking for a cigarette. And let me just tell you this: I never smoked a cigarette in my life, but Bruce Willis looks like the most badass person that you can think of with a cigarette uh, hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, right. I was just like, I don't, I don't. Th- smoking's not good. I don't recommend it for everyone. But gosh darn, Bruce Willis makes it look cool. He just makes it look just, just kind of hanging there. That It was kind of bugging me how it was just kind of hanging there. I'm like, no, no get it more in your mouth. It's going to fall out. But it, it wouldn't. It, it, it doesn't. It, there. it was like, but no, yeah. Style. Then he's like, well, I saw a picture of you. You look hideous. He goes, really? Yeah. And then you can see that, that he's a war veteran that he fought in another war. They don't explain that part, but we're like, okay, so he's a war veteran. He fought in a war, and that's who he is. So I thought the characterization of that character worked as far as setting him up as to who he is. So that part landed for me. And then, you know, he winds up telling Finger, look, I got to go. I have a taxi cab. And then you go into the whole entire deal that he's a shitty taxi driver. Yeah, I was like, oh, this dude's not good at his job he only has a couple points left <laughs> whatever that means i didn't really do what that mean but i knew it was bad uh gr- growing up i really admired corbin dallas mo- mo- mainly because of his room i thought his room was the coolest room even though it was small it's just all the the technology and even even watching it today i was still impressed by it like especially how the bed makes itself and comes out in nice plastic wrap all clean or the the shower that turned into the fridge how it yeah i was like that's so cool and what a great use of the small space you can do everything in there i don't remember there being a toilet no that's one thing that they failed to mention if he has a toilet i i i, I got I, i'm just now thinking about it. i'm like oh yeah the shower is where's the toilet i, I that's need, what i, I don't think now that you mentioned room. it i'm like now that you mention it, it has everything but a toilet. So I'm like, is he using the three seashells? What's up with that? Oh, no. But I also but liked how when he was trying to quit smoking, the cigarettes came out and it's just nothing but the filter and then like a little, a little. <laughs> I'm like, that's actually a smart way. I, I feel like I feel like that would be an effective way. Just you know, get less and less until you don't need any more. Exactly. Well, because remember, it says, uh, Two left from uh, for you to stop smoking because mm-hmm. it does have the, like the little stop smoking sign to show that he's trying to quit smoking. Right. So I thought that was actually a little small detail that I thought that was really cool. But yeah, the the bed being remade again, the refrigerator and the shower. It was like a tiny Swiss Army knife living apartment. Yeah, and, and I just, really thought that was neat. 
just in that like quick little scene alone, like he hasn't even done anything action packed yet. And I thought Corbin Dallas was the coolest dude I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, he just got up out of bed and, and talked on the phone with Vin Diesel apparently. And right. then went to work. This guy's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, I just discovered like recently that was actually the voice before uh, Vin Diesel on the phone playing finger. Which I had no idea. As soon as you told me about it, I immediately heard it. I was like, oh, there's Vin Diesel. Like, okay. I don't know if that's just my brain, like, cooperating with the situation. But, oh, I, fun fact. That was The, the part where he fact. gets ready to get, get off the phone with him is the part that you can hear Finn's voice. Mm-hmm. To me, that's where you can actually hear it really, really clear. But that was the days before family. And Corona. This is before so. family. <laughs> Pre-family. 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 But yeah, I thought that was a pretty close. I, I really loved the conversation between them. Even though you don't see Vin Diesel's face or anything, all you hear is Finger's voice. I mm-hmm. thought the chemistry and the dynamic worked for what they were doing and setting up certain things within this movie. Yeah. But yeah, on their way to Earth, a monotone spacecraft here. Okay. So after that one's happening, we actually had... Dallas deliver. Okay, I'm trying to find my spot in my notes. Lilu multi pass. Yep. So on the way to Earth, a Monoshan spacecraft carrying the weapon is ambushed and destroyed by a crew of Monoshan's aliens, mercenaries hired by Earth industrialist Jean Baptiste and Emil Sorg, who is working for the Great Evil, a served hand in a middle arm from the wreckage of the spacecraft is brought to New York City. For this, the government uses biotechnology to recreate the original occupant of the spark, uh, you know, basically of the humanoid woman named Lilo. Lilo Multipass. And what did you think of this? I thought the special effects for this scene was really cool. It was so cool. Like, I'm still, like, cooled out, cooled out by it. I was like, <laughs> look at that. They're rebuilding a body. And they're like, this is the perfect human, Mila Jovovic. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Show me. Show me this perfect person. Show me what this person looks like. What is Uh, Mila Jovovic? Okay. I'll I'll play along. Because I was thinking to myself, too. I'm like, and then they're also saying this. I can't wait to meet him. Mm -hmm. I'm like. Always assuming uh, it's a man. Right. And I like the fact that they carry it on to a woman to do this because everybody's expecting it. But I'm wondering if the particles was once a man and maybe some of the particles just happened to be where in one of the pieces because of the DNA, maybe that's what happened. It just was a little small piece to where it might have been a female. But that's just me. But I'm like, okay. Who knows if those aliens are even like gendered in that way? You know, with with aliens, it's probably just they're all the they're all the same. <laughs> they just and then when you convert it into a human, it like has to use one of the chromosomes. That's true. And out pops out Lilu Multipass. I love that name. I do too. I love Lilu. Lilu is so cool though. Like, and she's supposed to be the perfect woman, but yet there's this big huge stone hand that she has. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, where'd the stone hand go? Go, like it came from that. Like, would she? Wouldn't she still have it? But I guess, 
I, I guess, guess because of the fact that her hands are too small to have it. I don't know. But still, I thought that was something funny, though, that I was just trying to figure out. I'm like, OK, it's still in the machine. OK, where's her Hellboy hand? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, that was really weird. It was just like, oh, yeah, haha, Hellboy hand. And then my brain was like, no, that was really funny. But, you know, though, I like how also, too, the general's like, well, if anything goes wrong, we're going to go take care. We're going to take care of this. And so basically he has his hand ready to go to terminate this whole entire project. And then as it's shaping, the scientist removes his hand to show that this is actually a body of a woman. And he's like, well, so is the glass uh, bulletproof? Yeah, it's bulletproof. Not fist proof. <laughs> she winds up knocking her, uh, taking her fist and bashing it out into the window, uh, into the window, out of the window, and then takes him down. And then she escapes out of out of that little area. And then she, then the she cops are behind her. <laughs> but damn, she! I have to say this: for her to carry the movie the way she carries this movie is just awesome. Yeah, Mila Jovovic does does a great job with this role. I think she played the the uh, the alien in a human body role very well. Um, fun funny thing, if you watch that scene where she punches through the glass slowly enough, you can see right as her fist is connecting to the glass, you can see that it's already pre broken. So it just I didn't even out. know that. I, I caught it. I caught it rewatching it. I was like, oh no, that was. Pre broken, that <laughs> hole wasn't there. They cheated, but yeah, I like Mila Jovovic in this role. I wouldn't say she carries this movie, I would say that honor goes to another character we'll get to later. But, right, but um, I think she was a really fun to watch. She was adorable, just kind of not not naive, but like how she's just learning and she's when, like a fish out of water, basically. yeah, and but still figuring it out. And then I love it when. She when she finally jumps, just jumps off the building and lands right in Corbin Dallas's taxi <laughs> and the cops are there trying to pick her up. And I do this line anytime I'm struggling, like when she's asking him for help, please help <laughs> for some reason that always makes me laugh because <clears throat> me and an old friend from college, we would do that to each other whenever we're struggling with anything in life. So, like, I'll be having a hard day at work, and I'll just send him a text. Please help. (laughs) 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 But I, yeah, I love 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 Lilu Lilu Multipass. And then another funny thing that that happens, though, is he winds up getting a strike on his life. Because this is how shitty New York City is in in those times. It's not even the guy's fault. The girl just literally fells, falls and lands on his taxi cab. And it's not even his fault. And he gets a strike. An accident. That's a strike. Right. I'm like, bro, I was at a red light. Right. I was just minding my own business. And all of a sudden, this woman just comes falling down out of the sky. It's not my fault. Which makes me think later in the movie, she gets shot a lot. And that hurts her. She fell off a building through the top of a car, which I assume is stronger than 
a futuristic car, which I assume is stronger than like today's cars. So I'm like, what's her durability level? She she can survive falling through a really tall building through a car, but she can't survive getting shot. Well, she's the fifth element. So <laughs> she Bro. fell in love, so it didn't kill her. That's one element. That's one element. <laughs> Bruce Bullet, is the second element. <laughs> bullets, bullets are not an element, therefore they hurt. <laughs> they do. And I like how the cops are over there just like, okay, let's let's find out what's going on here. And then they think that, that the taxi cab's stolen. This is how bad the cops are. This is like Grand Theft Auto level bad for cops in the future. I thought I thought he was a car thief. I thought that's what the whole thing with fingers was. He he would he would like steal cars and strip them. I don't know. Well, I I figured since he was in a taxi cab. I would th- I would have thought that they would just recognize him as a taxi cab driver mm-hmm. versus a car thief. Yeah. Because why would you compensate a taxi driver's cab and he's working as a taxi cab driver? Bro can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> no, he can't. I hope Illy, he, I mean, he can, but not legally. Right. He can but, illegally drive. But I do like how they set it up and everything, too. It's like, well, why can't they go all the way down to the bottom where the buildings are and stuff like that either? Mm. Because you find out that that is all polluted down there. That was a really cool shot of uh, just the car going through the the underbelly of the city. I'm like, that's trippy. Maybe hopefully our Earth doesn't end up like that one day where it's just uh, inhospitable. Down below, but you know, you know how things are going lately, probably. <laughs> so, but yeah, what do you, my other question is this: What do you think of uh, Gary Oldman in this movie? He's great. I really I, loved him. I think he's great. Uh, it's it's funny that he and Bruce Willis never make contact with each other in this movie, but um, it's 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 Gary Oldman. He he's he's phenomenal, and it made me sad because I read that he hates this role. Like he hated this movie and he hated really? his role in it. Yeah. But people loved him as which I think is really weird. I mean, hopefully one day he, he, he comes around, but now he I know he so loved cool. his role for Draxel. Hmm. He loved the role that he did as the pimp in uh true romance. <laughs> that was a good one too. He, but Not the he, movie, but that role was good. <laughs> right. But um, you know what though? I really like the where, where he has like a southern accent just for the sake of having a southern accent. And then he had Roombas, a room full of Roombas, uh, cleaning up everything, which I thought was hilarious to have in the 90s was like a giant thing of Roombas. Yeah. All the little ro- cleaning robots. I'm like, oh, that's so that would be so convenient. What when he was choking on the cherry pit? What was that one little animal? That came out with the long nose. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> what was that supposed? Is that just his pet? I thought uh, it was like a vacuum cleaner that he would use for the nose. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought too. I was like, does does that <laughs> creature? But he because he was petting it later, right? Right. He was petting it later. I guess he was just rewarding him for cleaning his stuff. I guess oh. I was like, what what is that thing supposed to do? And it was just like watching him choke. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> But okay, so now we actually get him um, escaping from the cops, 
And, you know, then Dallas delivers Lilo over to Cornelius and his apprentice, David, who recognized her as the fifth element. As Lilo uh, uh, re-cooperates, she tells Cornelius that the stones were not on board the Mandashan ship. Simultaneously, the Mandashans uh, inform Earth's government the stones were entrusted to an alien opera singer, the diva. The diva. Kalajuna. I think that's how you say it. The, 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 the alien names are really messed up in this. And, yeah. And try to say them seven times quickly. I just call them, I call them robot turtles, space orcs, diva. <laughs> But my favorite thing, though, I like how Cornelius is like, okay, thank you so much for bringing her. You can go now. And he's like, wait, she fell in my cab. I am now responsible for someone else. Yeah. Like, there's a hole in my cab. I need to get some more ex- explanation out of this. <laughs> and I was just wondering, can you use some of the donation money to fix my cab? Because she may be the fifth element, but I need that shit repaired. <laughs> Fifth element ain't gonna pay my bills. <laughs> right. Well, that's such a sad existence. You don't need the fifth element when you have family. Sorry. Okay. Well, he's not Vin Diesel yet. <laughs> okay. So after that winds up happening, we, then Ben, um, then Bruce goes over back over to his apartment, and he's all he's thinking about is Lelou. And I like how he has a conversation with uh, Fingers. He goes. A situ- and he goes, what's what happened to the car? You had one. Now you have one strike. What happened? He's like, something fell on my lap. A very big fear happened. One of those fears that you just couldn't walk away from. Oh, really? Tell me. Six three. Hundred three pounds. Three. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm paraphrasing. No, because like, say, she's she's that tall. Yeah. <laughs> she's like five three okay five three oh, oh, oh like six three she, 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 <laughs> <get over. laughs> right, my dang, bad Vicks is tall as me i'm not <laughs> you tall but no yeah no wonder the zombies in resident evil didn't stand a chance dude. <laughs> <laughs> you play defensive tackle now but but no dude um but yeah he Basically, he's just telling her, telling him, "Hey, look, I'm falling for her. I really am, I'm, I, and stuff like that." And then you wind up having another scene where Lelou is actually heating up this chicken because she just got done eating an one one whole chicken, and then she puts another one in the microwave—a whole other one. Oh well, my girl, I respect the snacking. I do too. And then the priest is like, "Look, I love what you're doing, but you need to tell us what's what's going on." And where the um, where the elements are at, because at that point they didn't know what was going on either. And she's over there watching TV, trying to learn. Oh. <laughs> she is so adorable in this movie. I just want to. I, I love Lilu Multipass. That is her official name. And then once that happens, that's when. They realize, oh, okay, so now we have to figure out a way to get those from the opera singer. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, uh, Corbin gets a, a knock at the door because the president sends over uh, the general and all and his troops. 
And he's like, look, we need you to come back. Uh, we have a big job for you to save the world. He goes, no, I'm going to have to pass. And he's like, no, you're going to have to come back. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm done. I've done, I've done my time. I did six months with, um, basically he retired six months ago from the army, which I didn't realize that until I started rewatching it and paid close attention to detail with that. But yeah, he retired six months. He was retired six months. And then here they come wanting him to do this, this one last mission. One more mission (laughs) in or out. Yeah. I, I, when, when, the, at this point in the movie, I felt like it kind of slows down a bit mm-hmm. and, you know, really doesn't pick up again until they get to the place where they, you know, uh, show their tickets. <laughs> and it's just, I'm just excited. I just want to get to the Lilu multi-pass part. We'll get to that in a minute. Lilu multi-pass. <laughs> but yeah, then it does slow down. I do have to admit, I did feel the runtime whenever when they enter in that cabin, and I understand why they would do that. I understand why they would need to do that, but at the same time, it's like you're stalling for more. To, you could be putting this into more other resources than that. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna turn this fan on. I'm but but that's the way I see it, though. Too, you know, mm-hmm. and so you know, I think that they could have just done another scene. And then after that winds up happening, you wind up uh, basically winds up telling them, hey, look, we're not going to do. I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. And he goes, well, you do know you won a trip. He goes, no, I didn't. I didn't get no notifications showing that. And all of a sudden there's the mail drop of him winning the cruise, the cruise ship, uh, cruise trip. And also, too, his mom's also uh, yelling at him on the phone, though, too, before then, talking about how he won the trip uh, and stuff like that, too. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, all this is basically just for a comical effect. But I do have to admit, I do like the tweaker in this movie. The tweet uh, at the very very (laughs) beginning where he winds up taking where Dallas winds up taking his gun and confiscating it and putting it into the basket with all the other guns. Oh yeah, go ahead. You you're sure? Yeah. I liked that the dude had the 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 thing to cover the peephole so it looked like no one was at the door. I'm like, that's right. That was actually really clever. That was really smart by that guy. That was cool. He goes, Do you classify yourself as a human? <laughs> I'm a meat, what do you say? I'm a meat popsicle. Yeah, I'm a meat popsicle. <laughs> so, what was that and, one dude's issue in the other room? Smoke you! <laughs> I'm like, what? And, and then, then they shot him? Then they capture him. <laughs> That's how they arrest people in the future. They just go ahead, they capture him with a net. Hey, we got him. Okay, good job. Okay. Doesn't read them as their his rights. They just assume that that's Dallas. Corbin Dallas. That. <laughs> And then, um, da- then they thank Dallas for his corporation, which they think that he's somebody else. Yeah. But they all, he also stuffs the uh, general and all them inside the freezer, and they're frozen to death at that time because Lelou is actually rings the doorbell, and he goes, "Oh, my wife, my wife's home. Your, well, your wife, you're married." He goes, "Yeah, you know how it is. You know, have a few laughs." Go to save the world. Save the world for the fifth element. 
but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so basically that's what winds up happening. And then after that, they go over to, um, then they decide that they're going to go and try to go, go over to where the true ship is to get the multi-pass. I'll let you take over that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, then we meet the greatest character of all time, probably in cinema history, Chris Tucker's Ruby Rod. I <laughs> loved Ruby. <laughs> Ruby! <laughs> Coben Dallas! Like I, like, I could... I would be totally fine if this whole movie was just Chris Tucker just talking. I loved Ruby Rod so much, and just anytime he, he would freak out and do that high-pitched scream... Ruby Rod is hands down my favorite character in The Fifth Element as well. Just the comedic stuff that he does with mm. it. And get this, they, they wanted Prince for that role. Mm. And Prince said, no, that was too flamboyant. I'm like, dude, there's literally a Prince song playing as Corbin and them are inside that lobby area to get the ticket. How much more can you get when you look at that scene? This is got because the director is also a Prince fan. So he wanted Prince to be Ruby, uh, wanted, uh, wanted him. You know, I think maybe deep down Prince knew that, no, there's someone much better for this role. That was Chris Tucker. And he was absolutely right. If that was the case, because Chris Tucker just, ah, he just nails it. I, I'm just, it. he has that facade, you know, he just has his way of actually doing stuff within it though, too, man. Like, Especially the part where he's trying to sleep with the stewardess and she goes, and there's something that he, that the stewardess says, she goes, I never been with a human before. And she, he goes, neither have I. <laughs> and that makes me think that he's an alien. He could be. <laughs> makes he sense. Come in, come in, I got no fire. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? I got no matches. I got no lighter. I got no, I got no fire. Oh, yeah. I love Chris Tucker's Ruby Rob. And like once they got to the cruise ship, I, 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 it was really starting to pick up. Like not much was happening at first, but oh, when they get to the Diva concert. Yeah. And that like unintentionally became like the funniest slash awesomest con like musical performance I've seen in a movie. Like when I was a kid during diva's concert and she's like dancing like like that would crack that would crack me up every time but like looking back on it now i'm just like that was actually really cool and catchy i was like i lightweight want more want to watch opera now maybe hopefully become something like this but uh, to be honest with you the diva thing didn't bother me up until they get into the techno part of it and that's whenever it starts going downhill for me it went downhill but for you? The, for, for that one part, because of the techno part with the opera singing. Man, that's, but I do that's like the took off for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the fact, I do like the part where you have Lelou uh, punching every punching the aliens and stuff like that, too. That was actually my favorite thing, was how it matches the beat with the technics. So I thought that was, that was actually pretty cool on how they do it. And then her slapping the alien and then punching him and then reaching back and hitting the other alien. That was perfect. I would feel so disrespected if someone was just like, just, just slapping the heck out of me. 
before punt knocking me out. I would just stay on the ground once I come to. I'm like, no, I don't want to get disrespected like that again. That like hurts my ancestors thinking about that. <laughs> but, you know, the other uh, funny aspect to this, though, too, is while that's happening, you have Chris Tucker, who's over there just panicking the whole entire time. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> I'm not safe. <laughs> I'm just going to let you do, Ru- Rudy. Uh, seriously, you do the best Chris Tucker. <laughs> oh, no. No, I don't. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, just, but no. I'm just the guy trying his best. <laughs> But still, I think that um, that part was actually comedic, especially the part where Bruce winds up taking um, taking one of the aliens and basically sli- um, making him jump up to where Ruby is. Mm-hmm. And all you see is the alien's head under under it, and Ruby's over there trying to push his head back down. Ah! <laughs> Stay there. And then the food cart was actually another one of my favorite things that they did with uh Corbin and uh, Ruby. I thought that was actually funny. And then finally you get to this one part where the alien goes, uh, winds up saying, okay, I need to negotiate. And then this is like the most negotiate. That's the leader. (laughs) Right. Because he goes, okay, if we neutralize the leader, we can take him out. And then therefore nobody else will come out after us. And so he goes, I want to negotiate because, well, that's the leader. He goes on ahead, shoots him, and I'm like, that's like the most badass scene that I've seen in a Bruce Willis movie. Anyone else want to negotiate? Oh, I'm like, ooh, go Bruce. (laughs) Go Bruce. But yeah, um, so after that, once I've had Zorg uh, renames on the deal of the um, Mandalores for failing to obtain the stones and kill some of them, Earth's military sends Dallas to meet uh, Pavlona, a rig radio contest provider. Okay, so then, of course, we wind up having the luxury vacation aboard a flying hotel on a planet of socialism, accompanied by the flamboyant talk show host Rudy Rod. It includes a concert by uh, Pavlona and learned that Lilo shares his mission. Dallas lets her accompany him. Cornelius instructs David to prepare the temple, then stows away the luxurious spaceship, the monologue crew, Presuming the stones of themselves are also illegally aboard the ship. But the funny thing that I thought that was the security for this bait for this thing is just they suck. They they are not prepared. They're prepared to serve, but not to fight. Security. No. Security. No, I would not, not just that, but think of it like this. You let the priest underneath the belly of the plane. There's no security there. Then you're going to let somebody else to be Corbin Dallas, and they didn't know which one was Corbin. The security definitely sucks at that uh, airline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during the concert, the attacks the parallel Dallas ex- extracts the stones from her body and kills the Mangler leader, causing the others to surrender. Zorg arrives, shoots the uh, trauma Lilo in activity, actives a time bomb. He flees with a carrying case of the Prozomes contains the stones, but returns when discovers it's empty. I do love this scene where Lelo just throws the case at him. And then all this time, it was just inside the alien, the diva. Mm-hmm. The stones are in me. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> this is not the arrangement. Oh, that, that scene was 
One her one I I really loved her practical effects, the makeup and costume design on Devo was really cool. But just the scene where he has to like put he puts his dang near whole arm <laughs> in her stomach. stomach to get the to get the stones, and the stones look so cool. I'm like, those are some pretty looking stones. And I think it was the blue blood all over them that made them kind of yep. sparkle a little bit. But it was great practical effects. I loved it. I thought that was actually pretty cool to have the stones inside of her because who would actually thought about doing that? But then I'm thinking to myself, how the hell did she get the stones in her to begin? Yeah. With? Like how, what happened? <laughs> maybe, maybe her species, it's easy to eat stuff. Like, oh, <laughs> I guess kind of like, like the a mummy. long sandwich from Subway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah during the uh then after that um i do like the part where he actually gets blown up by his own bombs yeah what, what did that that one space orc say before he blew up the ship like right as zorg stopped his bomb he was like oh what did he say but it was pretty i, I was like that was a good line to say before killing someone it was like for honor or something i don't know it was cool though whatever that space orc said before he blew everyone up that was great. But yeah, he flees with the carrying case. Okay, so then he discovers he de- deflects his bomb by dying. The Mar- Sets off his own destroying the hotel and killing Zorg. Meanwhile, Dallas, Cornelius, Lalo, and Rod escape with the stones in Zorg's private spaceship. As the great evil approaches Earth, the four meet David at the temple. They Deployed the stones, but Lilo, having learned of humanity's own terrible history of war, has given up on life. That was a beautiful scene. A beautiful scene. I'm like, all right, their 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 romance is kind of forced in the beginning, but I do I do like how love love is the fifth element, and it's not I just her specifically. It's love, and I'm like, yes, I've watched Captain Planet Heart. That's that's another element. That's what I thought of though, too, to be honest with you, when I saw all those elements together <laughs> and was just thinking of Captain Planet the whole time. That would be so cool if Captain Planet just popped out. He's like, I'll handle this evil. No littering. <laughs> Punches it. <laughs> no more sin. <laughs> no more <laughs> sin. Now to beat the hell out of someone for throwing a trash bag on the ground. <laughs> And having an alien life form still sitting there after all those <laughs> that's not even there anymore. Yeah. What if he was still alive, that one alien? You're just like, oh, thank God the door's open. I need to pee. <laughs> I loved it though, that that the scene wherein they're setting the elements, the, the stones, and then yeah. they're activating in the, the lights, the different color lights come on. Like that scene's always really satisfying for me to watch, especially the blue one. The blue one's the prettiest. The blue one is always going to be my favorite one because I, I, blue is my favorite color. So to see him going, uh, when they're going, well, what did you do, David? Well, I just said, well, we're all going to die. And then he blows, which is the wind elemental. And then you have the water elemental. And then you have the fire, which Rudy, Rudy goes, I don't have water. I don't have fire. I don't have fire. I got no matches. I got no ladder. I got no matches. I got no fire. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with you? Get away. (laughs) And then that's when we, uh, then Leilu, I like how they go into this though, where it's like, why should I help them? They've been through, like I said, it measures out 
everything that I said in the very beginning about this great evil, where with wars, with corruption, with everything that we've done, and then she's questioning our own integrity is like, why should I even help them? Mm-hmm. Look at all everything that they've caused. And Corbin just has to talk her down a little bit. He goes, look, I need you. Just what do you what you mean? I, I need you. And then Cornelius says, just tell her I love you. And then just and then all of a sudden. And then after that, that's when we have the whole entire, all the elements sh- just shine through all of them. And then after that, we have this huge celebration with Debo um, out on the Debo. balcony. Rest in peace. I forgot he passed yeah. away. Yeah, me too. I was like, wait, did he? Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. I didn't want to yeah, be he- like, oh, rest in peace. And then us get a message. I'm not dead. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> But yeah, I forgot he passed away, though, uh, a couple of years back. But, you know, and then, of course, we have that um, basically Lalo and Corbin are both making glove. The scientists are telling them, hey, look, you're just going to have to come back in about 10 minutes. Making sweet elemental love. <laughs> and then the president gets a call from Corbin's mom. And he just gets cussed out. Yo, sir. Oh, I don't give a damn. <laughs> no, I absolutely love this movie. I think it still holds up today in terms of like quality and you know, sto- like storytelling and all that. Um, definitely one of my top, at least top ten sci-fi movies. At least, pro- pro- I'm pretty sure that's the case for a lot of people who've seen this movie. Like, it's just fantastic well performed as well produced well directed i love the soundtrack i loved especially like the practical effects the practical effects were the most impressive i love the costumes and makeup it was so cool and then chris tucker as ruby rod like have my money i, I remember I would, whenever i first borrowed this from a family member in boston and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't even know Chris Tucker was even in this movie. I had it on, they had it on VHS at the time because there was no DVDs, no Blu-rays at the time or anything. Like yeah, yeah. So then I'm like, oh my God, that's Chris Tucker. Because it's my very first movie that I ever seen him and wasn't Friday. It was Money Talk. So I'm over there cracking up, laughing. My mom goes on ahead, takes a shower. She goes, What? You're still watching that movie? I'm like, I didn't realize it was still two and a half hours long. I didn't realize, I didn't care. I was just glued into it. So good. It it really is. And I also remember seeing the previews to this movie during a Van Damme movie for Double Take with him and Dennis Rodman. (laughs) And I remember wanting to go see it, but I never went and seen it in the theaters. So my Mm -hmm. first experience was on that VHS tape. And then back when Blu-rays was first starting out, my brother-in-law is like, look, you're going to have to get a, with the Blu-ray player. You're going to have to get the best sci-fi movie that you can get. So for 10 bucks, I got the fifth element over at Walmart. That's what I need to do. I need to eventually when I get more space in this, in this plate in my home, I will start collecting some Blu-rays. But I'm also a brat about using Blu-rays because, you know, a lot of stuff's on streaming now. So, like, I then have to get up out of off the couch, 
grab a <laughs> grab a DVD, put it in my DVD player, just, uh, just stream it. But like, like, no, I I need more. I should do See, it more. For me, with having physical content, you never know when the contracts are going to be running out. Yeah. So at least you'll have it as a physical content of physical media. So at least you'll have it with you. You just pull off the shelf without having to pay for extra streaming services. I got it. Which now I'm a sucker for steelbook cases. Steelbooks. That's not in my, not quite. DVDs aren't quite in my budget yet. I eventually, I eventually will go on a little nice little steelbook spree. Cause I, I do love the looks of steelbooks, but they're just so pricey. I gotcha. But anyways, um, so yeah, this is actually a perfect sci-fi action movie. Bruce Willis is top-notch in this movie. He's not playing himself or anything like that, and it's just perfect. Mila Djokovic as Lelou is perfect. I cannot praise this movie enough. I put this on at least once a year. Have to. Has to. Has to be a, at least a yearly watch because it's so much fun. So good. Definitely. And sometimes I forget what parts of the movie is because sometimes I have certain things out of order on certain things that happens within the movie when I'm watching it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. I thought I remembered it this way. And instead it was the other way around. Yeah. So, you know, I like going back and rewatching movies because of certain scenes. Me too. So um, as, th- as far as this goes, is it for the fifth element, but is there anything that you're working on as far as your channel goes or anything like that? Um, current, currently I'm preparing to do a ranking of the entire MCU, um, in preparation for the third guardians of the galaxy movie. So I'll be ranking every movie and TV series in the MCU from, what is it? 40, 40 to to one, I think, I think it's 40. So looking forward to that. Okay. And uh, Rossi's going to be doing her Sandman review for episode two coming up this week. And Friday, I'm going to be interviewing Crichton Hobbs for his new movie called Binded by Tragedy. And Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday night, I don't really have anything. I don't think so. Party. (laughs) Party hard. But yeah, that's going to be it as far as this review goes. Thank you so much, man. It's always a pleasure to be able to do this with you. Always a pleasure, John. Right. Always until next time, guys.